Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 33, where today we're talking about some of the ways that emotional eating habits are established. And I also wanted to provide you with some tools, tips, and tricks for managing those urges and impulses when you have them. It occurred to me that when I was talking about the root causes of emotional eating back in episode 7, that I was only talking about and covering a portion of the overall pattern and program of emotional eating. That is, I was covering negative emotions and eating in response to those emotions. The reason why I did that was because that seems to be how a majority of us deal with our negative emotions. Now, when I say majority, I really mean a majority of emotional eaters, not a majority of the population, because not everybody struggles with emotional eating. A lot of people do a lot of other different and interesting things to deal with their negative emotions. But it occurred to me that I didn't cover with you some of the other ways and even positive ways that emotional eating habits and patterns can be established. And you may be struggling with or suffering from those methods and those ways today. So just briefly, to cover what I had mentioned in episode seven. You can create an emotional eating habit pattern or program by eating good tasting, sometimes you might call it junk food, in a lot of situations in response to a negative emotion or an event. And examples of this would be eating ice cream because your friend is mad at you, eating a whole pizza because you had a fight with your boyfriend or your spouse, or eating a sleeve of cookies because you had a stressful day at work. That's how emotional eating manifests for a lot of us. But I want to be clear and kind of round out this picture a little bit by also talking about all the positive ways that emotional eating habits are established. Because believe it or not, you can create an emotional eating habit or problem by associating it with a positive emotion or event or situation. Examples of this would be birthday cake at a birthday party or family gatherings, holidays, celebrations, things where you are surrounded by loved ones and eating highly palatable food. What makes these memories so important is that they are the other side of the coin when we are talking about emotional eating habits. And what I mean to say is you may be having a negative emotion or bad feelings that make you feel a certain way. You may find that 
the way that you want to feel is in relation to a positive memory. As an example, you may find yourself struggling with a case of loneliness. You're worried about ending up alone and never finding someone who loves you. You may find yourself then craving cake and ice cream or something like that. If you sit down and think about it for a moment, you may realize that you're seeking to create the feelings of being special, being loved, being the center of attention. This may be a feeling that you associate with a birthday party, your own birthday party, maybe your uh, sixth birthday when you got, you had a party at your house and all of your friends came and you got the best presents ever. So oftentimes when we experience an emotional eating urge, craving, or impulse, it is in response to a negative event, but it's because we're searching to create, trying to find a way to create those positive feelings that we lack, that we've associated with you know, sweet foods like cake or cookies or um, not always sweet foods, or it could be chips or bread or um, anything like that. There's an association there so that the negative emotion creates a sense of lack or wanting, right? And this is what I was talking about you needing to identify and define what it is that you're missing, but also what it is that you are trying to, to get. And that would be the positive emotion. Are you wanting to feel loved and companionship? Or are you wanting to feel comforted or important or significant or loved or held in high regard? Are you wanting to you know, give yourself that gold star for a job well done? We establish positive food memories and associations by having these good and wonderful experiences where we feel so good. But when negative emotions, negative events and situations create and identify for us this lack, that it becomes clear how positive and negative memories can create an emotional eating habit and establish that behavior for us. Now, the thing about habits is to realize that they are created through repetition. Nobody creates a habit by doing it once and then never doing it again. Emotional eating is a habit. It's a behavior, something that you've repeated over and over and over again. The good part about that is that a behavior can be broken, modified, changed, eliminated through training, just like you would any other behavior. And I think this is probably the most important uh, message I have for you today. And that's simply to understand that emotional eating is a behavior. And as a behavior, it can be changed. It can be modified. So many people try to stop 
the behavior. But typically, when you think about any behavior, they, they typically aren't stopped. They are replaced with something else. And the thing you need to understand is that just because this is the way you've always done it doesn't mean that that's the way you always have to do it. So don't make this behavior, emotional eating, be a part of your identity. Don't make this your your label or how you introduce yourself or your title, right? So don't put on the name tag, hi, my name is Christy and I'm an emotional eater. It's a behavior that you have, like brushing your hair or brushing your teeth. You wouldn't say, hi, my name is Christy and I brush my teeth, right? That's... <laughs> That's not what you would do. And that's how we need to look at and treat emotional eating. It's a behavior that you have. And when you don't want that behavior anymore, then we must simply replace it with a better behavior. And as you've probably heard me say over and over and over again, um, at its most basic, eating is simply a distraction from whatever it is that you're currently not wanting to feel. Whether it's you're running from an emotion you don't want or running to an emotion you do want. They're opposite sides of the same coin. So in order to replace or change or modify that behavior, well, first and foremost, we need a list of other actions, other distractions, other things that we can try. And this is where uh, that list of tools and tips is going to be helpful. Um, so I wanted to provide today a few, just a handful of ideas, right, that'll kind of get you thinking about creating your own list of things that you can try when you get an emotional eating urge or impulse. Keeping in mind, of course, that this is not going to solve emotional eating in and of itself. These, this list of, of distractions that you're going to create is really a stopgap to prevent you from eating emotionally or at least delay it a little bit. Ideally, we want to solve and resolve the emotions that are creating and triggering this habit and pattern and program for us. But until we can resolve those feelings, those things that we feel inside ourselves that we don't like, it's often helpful to have these other ways to distract yourself. What I suggest is to start building a list of distractions that you like or are willing to try. And here's just a couple of examples. Read a book, um, consider writing in a journal or diary, coloring in a coloring book, doing some sort of craft, something with your hands like painting, drawing, knitting, sewing, woodworking. Consider doing some form of exercise or going for a walk. You can do chores, right? That's always constructive. You can call a friend. You can talk to yourself, you can paint your nails or take a bath 
or something like that because how hard is it to eat with wet fingernails? Um, although that's not a challenge, don't try that. And I don't know about you, but you know, eating soggy bread because it fell into the bathtub is not something I want on my list of things to do. Um, you can also play games on your phone, you can Pinterest, you can do whatever will distract you. I want you to think outside the box and keep adding to your list because you may find that at certain times you may not want to do certain things or certain other things may be more appealing to you. What I mean to say is, is, you know, in the summer it's attractive to maybe go swimming, but you know, you may not want to knit because it's hot in the winter. Obviously you're not going to want to, you know, go swimming. Um, it may be more attractive to you to take a hot bath. You may find that you like coloring in an adult coloring book, but you don't want to carry coloring books and pencils with you all the time. So you may need multiple ways to handle and distract yourself from these urges and impulses as they show up. Make the items on your list fairly easy to get to so that you never have an excuse. Don't make it difficult. Right? Going to the spa, while it would be a pretty good distraction, you would have to call and get an appointment and take time off and then go over there and then set aside time to do it. You want it to be easy and accessible. Also, once you've created your list, you know, whether or not you've got it on your phone or on a notepad or a note card or something like that, keep it with you because you never want to be in a situation where you can't remember what's on your list. And so you choose to eat anyway, because you can't think of something to distract yourself. Again, make it easy so that you can be prepared wherever you go, wherever the impulse or urge strikes. Being prepared is a huge part of habit and behavior change. If it's too hard or if it takes too much time to get all of your supplies and tools to distract you or offload your emotion, food is always, almost always going to be easier. So you will pick it. And it's an established habit. You've been doing it for a while, so it's going to be easier to pick it. So you want to make sure that the items on your list are fairly easy to do, but enjoyable. If it's too hard, you won't do it. It's especially hard when you have to keep food in the house for others who you know may not share your, your way of eating, your way of life, or who may not be struggling with your uh, behavior patterns. So here are a couple of ways that you can handle having to buy certain kinds of foods that you find triggering for other members of your household. You, you've probably read in books before that you should go through your pantry and your refrigerator and you should throw out everything that you're triggered by. And I do understand the idea behind that. However, it's, it's not always reasonable but number two, I, I really feel like that gives away your power. You're putting your power with the food and saying that the food has more control over you. And I think it's important to empower yourself, get your power back. The power is not in the food and you can, in fact, live with canisters of Nutella and chocolate chip cookies and donuts in your house and not have a problem with it. And that to me is, that is the power and the strength 
that we each want to have. So instead of going through your cupboards and throwing everything away, you can put off limits or triggering foods in a special cabinet or drawer that you don't need to get into that often. That way it's out of sight and hopefully out of mind. Or you can put a cardboard or plastic box with high sides so that you can't see it into your cupboard or cabinet or refrigerator so that it's somewhat hidden from you. You can put names or labels on the food items of who it belongs to. If it's not yours, maybe you won't eat it. You can put up post-it notes reminding you to look at your distraction list. You can put up notes or reminders. Again, I mentioned these last week, but I'll go over them here again. Post-it notes asking, why are you really here? What are you really hungry for? Um, You may have heard of the acronym HALT, which means hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And this is a question to check in with yourself or a signal to check in with yourself. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Or any other negative emotion that may be causing you to be in the kitchen. Um, One of the most entertaining tips that a client and I came up with together was making a sign for her kitchen that said the kitchen was closed. And so when she had finished making dinner for the day, she put up a sign that said kitchen closed. And that became a visual cue to her. The kitchen's closed. So she couldn't eat anything else. And that gave her time and created space for her to acknowledge that she was in the kitchen when she didn't need to be and to go find something else to do. If you're using post-it notes, you may need to change these up every couple of days or you know, possibly every other week so that you don't get used to the colors and the sayings and all of that and basically stop seeing them all together. Understand, and I understand, that There are going to be times when you may not care. You may see the sign and do it anyway. You may look at your list and say, screw it, I'm eating anyway. You may try something on your list and find that it's not doing it for you. And you still give in. No one expects you to get it right. The first time, the last time, each and every time, you're going to do the very best that you can. Understand that... Emotional eating is a behavior. You learned how to do it through trial and error. Learning any new behavior or a set of behaviors to replace emotional eating will also take time. Just like when you were learning to walk, you fell down. But you got back up and you kept trying. And before long, you were walking. And then you were running. But can you imagine if you quit trying to walk? Because you fell down once, you'd never get up again. And that's not how it works. And that's not how success works either. You, you must get back up and keep trying. And it's the same thing here. Before long, with consistent effort, you'll find other things that are more pleasurable to you than food. None of these tips address the underlying causes of emotional eating. But that's okay. 
I want to start everyone off with a basic set of tools so that you can start dealing with the issues and urges as they come up for you. And one more little bit of knowledge I want to drop here. You weren't born being an emotional eater. You learned how to do that. Like you learned how to crawl and then to walk and run and tie your shoes and ride a bike or drive a car. You still know how to crawl. You still know how to ride a bike, even though for some of you, it's probably been years since you've been on a bike. Think about emotional eating as riding a tricycle to the mall or a birthday party. And yes, I meant a tricycle. When you were a kid, that's what you started with. But then you got a two-wheeled bike and riding your bike was the only mode of transportation you had. But it was faster than walking, so you did it. But then you grew up and you got your license and you realized that a car would get you there faster. And a car protects you from the elements. And you can go longer distances in a car, which means more fun and more adventure. Eating emotionally to feel better is the equivalent of riding your bike everywhere. It's limited. Sure, it distracts you, but it leaves you exposed. It does nothing for your self-esteem. It does nothing to solve your problems. And honestly, it does a lot more to hurt you and harm you than you probably realize. And so what we want to do is graduate, right? Get our licenses, get the car that gets us to happiness, to contentment, to compassion, to confidence faster than food, which really doesn't get us there at all. And in an effort to get you in that car faster, that love car, that compassion vehicle, that truck of feeling better, I want to share this one little exercise with you before I close, and that's think about how it is that you want to feel. Do you want to feel happy? Do you want to feel love? Do you want to feel confident? And then close your eyes and take a nice deep breath in, and I want you to see if you can find in your past a moment, a memory, where you felt that feeling, when you felt loved or significant or wanted or important or confident. And if for whatever reason you can't come up with a memory where you felt that way, the next very best thing for you to do is to make that up. Create a memory, a dream in your mind of the moment that you wish you had had. So think of yourself feeling confident or loved or the center of attention, or significant, or on top of the world, or successful. Create and make it as real as you possibly can a memory of this emotion that you want to feel. Make it real. I want you to see in your mind, hear the words and phrases, see the people, see the looks, what would you be wearing. I want you to see if you can feel how it feels to be in that room or in that location. Notice how everything is around you and create it 
just exactly like you would want it to be. Make it as real as you possibly can and sink down into it. Cement yourself into this image. Generate those positive feelings within you. Realize that moment right there when you created that within your mind, that was so much faster than getting up and going to the kitchen or to the vending machine or to the grocery store and finding and buying your food. Creating that image in your mind is far more effective than putting food into your face. It will create those positive feelings that you're searching for without creating that burden of excess calories for your body to process that you'll eventually have to work off later. You can do this anytime you feel negative emotions. You can stop, take 30 seconds and create for yourself the image of what it is that you want to feel and generate those feelings within yourself. And that will be far more effective than eating ever will be. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this has been helpful for you today. I want to encourage you no matter where you are on your emotional eating journey, there's always more to learn. This is a behavior or a habit that can be broken. So keep your chin up. Stay hopeful. You are on the right path. If you have any questions or concerns or just want to talk about what's going on with you, I encourage you to reach out to me on Facebook or at my website, www.christyrhall.com. Thanks, and I'll talk to you soon.